Hello, welcome to the Good Sense by Payactive podcast. This is a friendly reminder that today's episode is intended for education and informational purposes only and should not be considered legal or financial advice. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Good Sense by Payactive podcast. As always, I am your host, Eric Rosenberg, and I am very excited about today's episode. Today, we talk with Mike Rogers, a personal finance blogger, about reasons renting could be better than buying a home. If you haven't listened to it yet, be sure to listen to our last episode where we sat down with a real estate agent to talk about why owning a home could be better and how to get on track for home ownership. But today we wanted to flip that script and remind you that renting can sometimes be a better financial decision, and for many people, it's the best long-term deal. Also remember that PayActive is a fully featured financial wellness platform, so if you have rent due and you're a little tight on cash, you can access our earned wage access feature to get access to part of your paycheck that you've already earned all right, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited to be here with today's guest. So Mike told me before we got on that he has been a homeowner and a renter in the past, but lately he has moved definitely into team renter. So I want to find out why and learn what makes renting so much better. So Mike, would you start by telling us what is your story most recently of becoming a renter? So like everyone else, it seems like during the pandemic, we decided to move all the way across the country to be closer to family. Uh, so we had been in Alaska for 22 years, you know, 5,000 miles away from, from everybody. Uh, we'd firmly been homeowners the, our entire married lives. So when we, we sold our place in Fairbanks and we moved here, we immediately started looking for a house. Well, what we had found in the, in the 20 years we'd been gone, that home process here had exploded. Uh, apparently in, in Johnson City, Tennessee, this, this area, you know, it got mentioned in some magazines as great places to retire and everybody and their brother moved here apparently. So uh, real estate prices, which were formerly very reasonable in this area, particularly compared to, you know, Fairbanks or, or that kind of area, uh, home prices were just shockingly high. And they were also, homes were disappearing shockingly fast. Uh, and, and you frankly just had a lot of people making just awful decisions. Uh, you know, they were making, you know, offers over listing, uh, in some cases, very aggressive offers over listing, waiving any fees and expect inspections, uh, essentially doing away with anything that would remotely look like due diligence on the part of a buyer. And some of these folks were just getting burned horribly. So we, we kind of took a look around that environment and said, you know, this is high pressure, high price, very expensive. Let's just sit this one out for a while. Uh, let's just see what happens. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So especially with interest rates on the way up, I don't know the exact date you moved, but as interest rates have crept up, making an above listing price offer, you might end up with this huge monthly payment that could be a shock for anybody. Oh yeah. And you know, in, and in some cases, you know, like just for for instance, in the area we're in, the the average median home price, you know, is about two hundred eighty thousand dollars. And I know for a lot of the country that seems incredibly reasonable, but the median household income in this area is forty eight thousand dollars a year, which you know that's you know that's more than four or five times the the income. That's 
that that has a real pinch on affordability, uh, particularly for folks that are you know making that median wage. So we just we decided eh, let's set this market out and just see see what happens. So we, we ended up renting a place compared to what it would cost to own. Uh, we found a, a very nice apartment. Uh, we moved in. We got got settled in here. Uh, I started my new job, and after we were here for a while, we, we sort of realized this this really isn't so bad. The rent, for instance, you know, it's we understand that that's the most we're going to pay. There's no repairs. There's, you know, where I'd been on team homeowner for most of my life, if, if the water heater blew up at two o'clock in the morning, that, that was on me. Now I just get on the app and, you know, send maintenance a text and they show up and fix it. Just those maintenance issues alone is often a big reason to be on team renter over buyer. You mentioned hot water heaters. We actually had ours blow up in our garage on New Year's Day a few years ago, which is exactly what any homeowner wants. And of course, that came right out of my pocket and we had to pay those inflated prices to get someone over right away. You wouldn't have to do that as a renter. That also goes to your refrigerator, your dishwasher, your shower heads, anything in your apartment, if it breaks, it's someone else's problem to pay for it, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, in our complex, the, you know, they made it pretty clear when we moved in, the only thing you're responsible for is light bulbs. Uh, don't fix anything else. If anything else breaks, call us and we'll fix it. And they said, you're responsible for light bulbs, but if you don't want to climb on a ladder, just get the light bulb and we'll change it for you. Oh, that's an extra nice perk to have someone to change your light bulbs. Yeah, How many maintenance people does it take to change a light bulb? so what other so other benefits i know when you're a homeowner you have to think about dealing with all of your utility companies your electricity your water your gas what types of savings do you have on that side as a renter i know it can change depending on where you live and your landlord but do you have extra savings there as well yeah and and it's probably a little bit shocking for me because i came from from owning a home in fairbanks you know, tremendous heating bills, uh, electricity is very expensive. You know, I come here to the, you know, to our apartment and, and I think our electric bill is like a hundred bucks a month and that's heat, air conditioning, lights. That's basically everything. Internet's included with the apartment. Uh, so that's, that's included with the rent. It's another great savings. Yeah. Trash <laughs> service. So, so really our, our all in utility cost. The water bill is about five bucks a month, something like that. So, you know, we're like a hundred, hundred and five. The middle of summer or the very middle of winter, it might go to 130, 140. So uh, compared to a single family home, it's much, much, much cheaper. And you're not watering a lawn. I know that can be expensive, especially in areas with those high water prices. You mentioned in Alaska, high electricity prices. Those can be you know, through the roof, depending where you live. So that's that's a good chunk of change you're saving by being a renter. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 certainly uh, certainly really good. And and the other thing is, and I think you know when people, you know, I know folks, you know, are very aspirational toward homeownership, but. You know, frankly, we're we're here and we don't know how long we're going to be here. So, you know, normally that time horizon that, that you want to be in a home uh, is five years. I'm not quite sure I'm going to be there or be here for five years. But now with interest rates, you know, on the increase and, you know, our, our real estate prices here being, you know, extremely high compared to the local economy, uh, you know, it might be a 10 or 12 year break even cycle. And, and I'm almost assuredly not going to be here that long. I work in construction. 
uh, you know, I'm in one of those fields where I'm always working myself out of a job. So that's, uh, that's something to definitely consider uh, as people are approaching homeownership, particularly during, during this kind of time. Yeah, the, the option to be able to just pick up and move if you don't like where you live. As a renter, you just wait for your lease to expire and you're pretty much good to go. With the homeownership, you have to find a real estate agent. You have to go through all the listing. You have to pay real estate agent fees, which are not cheap. You have to well, yeah. maybe go through inspections and pay for repairs. Maybe you have to deal with staging. There's a lot that it takes to sell a property, whether it's a condo or a house or anything else. With renting, you have it pretty easy. You just have to hopefully not pay any damages and uh, get your deposit back and you're good to go. Yeah. You know, I know on our, our complex and our lease, you know, we signed a year lease, uh, you know, but there's a clause in it. It's like, well, if you want to break this lease, it's going to just cost you an extra month's rent. So it, it's very flexible that if for some reason we need to move and, and go somewhere else, it. Uh, it, you know, paying an extra month's rent is certainly a lot cheaper than paying closing costs and inspections and repairs and uh, all of those things that come along with owning real estate. Definitely. So let's let's pretend you are at the end of a long work day. You've been on the job site. You decide to go get an adult beverage or a non-alcoholic beverage, whatever your preference is, and you're sitting there with your construction buddies. And they're thinking about buying a house or renting a house. And you think, based on what you're doing, you've been enjoying this rental experience. What would you tell those coworkers or those friends the perks of renting are compared to buying? So I think one of the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest things, particularly from a financial perspective, is is a rental is a short term agreement. Uh, you're not really going to be held here for very long. It also, your rent represents the maximum budget you have to allocate uh, for the month. So with a homeowner, your house payment is the least you're going to spend in a month. And some of those unexpected repairs or maintenance or, or tax increases, you know, they come back to you. You know, if you're a renter, you're going to pay that obligated price. And that's the maximum out of pocket you're looking at for the entire month. That, that is certainly one of the biggest perks. Uh, is the flexibility, and then a lot of uh, a lot of apartment complexes or, or rental situations. Certainly not all of them, uh, but a lot of them have have amenities. You know, like in our complex, it's fairly large. You know, I get to enjoy a beautiful pool and patio that I don't have to clean. So that's, that's that, you know, that's a that's a huge perk here. Yeah, there's also sometimes you get a gym. Sometimes you get a nice lawn and picnic areas where you could hang out outside. And as long as you clean up your trash, you're not paying anything else to use the place. It's just included with where you live. That's, there's all these nice perks and packages. You're making me a little jealous that I don't live somewhere with all that stuff in, in my house over here. It's, uh, that's definitely a good set of things you get there. So what would you do? Uh, this one can be tricky sometimes, especially in certain markets, you could get a big rent increase that could be a surprise. Have you had to renew a lease in the recent past? Uh, I did renew our last lease and they made no changes at all. Uh, I know that's a, that's a good situation. Yeah. I know during 2021, you would hear a lot of people talking about large and large rental increases and, and uh, things of that nature. But uh, we renew our lease in 2022 and we had no, no increase at all. That's great. In my, in my history of living, I've been on both sides. I've 
rented and owned multiple times. And one time when I was a renter back in Denver where I grew up, I had an apartment and they wanted to give me this pretty sizable increase in my uh, rental cost moving on to the next year. And I'd been a, in my mind, a perfect tenant. I'd never caused any damage. I'd always paid on time or a little early. And something that I did that a lot of people don't know you can do, I actually went down to the uh, leasing office and I said, hey, you know, this is a pretty sizable increase and I've been a pretty good tenant and I was thinking about staying, but I'm on the fence with this increase. Are you willing to negotiate? And they absolutely were willing to negotiate. They actually dropped the increase by about $200 a month. They were going to raise my rent by about $300 a month. And after we talked, they only raised it by $100. So if you're a renter and you do run into a landlord increasing your rent, don't feel like you're out of options because you still have an opportunity to negotiate. And it's a lot cheaper for a landlord to keep a good tenant than it is to flip a unit and find a new tenant they often have to do paint and fix the carpets and advertise it. There's so much work for that. So that's a, a tip I'd like to throw out there for renters. You can always negotiate. That's uh, something that's always on the table. Yeah. And I, and I think one of the one of the key things when it comes to negotiating, particularly with landlords, is you have to look at things from the, the perspective of a landlord. The thing that every landlord fears is getting a dud tenant. That, that doesn't pay their rent, gets behind, damages the property to sometimes to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. If, if you're a good tenant, you take good care of your unit, you're good care of your place, you pay your rent on time, you represent an extremely low risk tenant to that, to that landlord. And if they're going to, you know, jack your rent up a couple hundred bucks and you go down to them and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a great tenant. And uh, you know, I'd like to negotiate that. They're going to do the calculus real quick of, I may lose a great tenant, who pays their bills and takes care of my property, and then I'm going to roll the dice. And it, and you know, if you own the 20 unit apartment complex, for instance, it only takes one really dud tenant to wipe out all of the profit from everybody else. So uh, a, a lot of them become very willing to negotiate fairly quickly if you're a good tenant. Ah, that's, that's such a, a useful thing for everyone to keep in their back pocket is, is good life information. You can negotiate a lot of things you might not realize. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so one last question. We've talked about a lot of these big ups and downs, but when it kind of comes down to the numbers, what are the biggest things you think someone should consider when deciding whether or not they should try to save that down payment and become a buyer or if they should stick with the route of being a renter? So I think one of the one of the big things people have got to look at just how big of a how big of a chunk of your financial future are you committing into real estate? I know real estate's a very emotionally charged subject, and and you know we've we've sort of you know I think J.L. Collins wrote uh, in his book that you know homeownership is sort of an American religion that it, we're very wired in, in in the United States for that. But you have to look at the numbers. You have to you know, run the numbers, and and when I run the numbers for myself. It's like I, I live in an extremely nice apartment complex. Uh, for the same amount of money, I can buy a 30-year-old split foyer out in the burbs that's been beat to death. And it's just when you look at the value for money, it's, there's just no comparison. You certainly want to be looking at your budget, what you can afford. And, and I know a lot of people really want to stretch to buy a house. And, and when you think, well, homeownership's a long-term proposition, you know, that first year might pinch. But every year after that's going to be the same. So, you know, you just you want to keep it under that block, 25 percent of your, your income. 
you know, ideally less if you can find it, which I know everybody laughs at that right now. But if you if you become house poor, where you're committing way too much of your income to housing, you're going to suffer. It, it is just anything that's going to happen is going to throw you off off course. You you can become financially independent as a renter. Uh, you don't have to own a house to become financially independent, but you can certainly become poor as a homeowner. <laughs> and that's a fact. Yeah, there's definitely ups and downs to both. And it's really important to consider while a lot of people say home ownership is quote unquote part of the American dream, it's definitely not part of everyone's American dream. I even know some very financially successful people who have sworn off ever owning a property. They say they don't ever want to deal with all those things we were talking about. They don't want to deal with increasing property taxes and broken appliances and and all the other ins and outs. So that's just a really great thing to keep in mind and stay positive about renting. Just because you're renting, it's not a bad thing. It can be a great thing for, for a lot of people. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. If anyone wants to connect with you and learn more, where should they go? Uh, I've got a blog at forgetpayday.com, uh, forget-payday.com. And I've started doing some writing there. Uh, I'm fairly new into the freelancing world uh, dealing with personal finance. It's a topic that's been interesting to me for a very long time. I primarily write uh, for the messy middle, not necessarily the the early career folks uh, just figuring things out or the folks that are on the cusp of retirement, but uh, a lot of the folks in their their 30s and 40s just trying to figure out how to live life with everybody trying to reach into their back pocket. Well, that sounds familiar, B, being in my 30s or 40s right now. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. We'll hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Eric. Wow, that was a really fun conversation. Remember, if you haven't already, download the PayActive app from your favorite app store. That's P-A-Y-A-C-T-I-V, just like it's spelled on the podcast you're looking at right now. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think this could be useful for someone else, definitely share it with a friend. That's the best way you could help this show grow, and you might be able to help your friend get a little bit better with their finances along the way. That's all we have for today's show, so make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss next time. Enjoy the rest of your day as you live the life you've earned. Thank you. Bye-bye.